I don't I don't think fleece is the right word, but like this guy on on eBay, uh, he ha- he has like less than five, like I think it's like five sales, like or feedback, and uh, he put up this uh, <laughs> he put up this book that I've been wanting to get, the Infinite Crisis Omnibus, and it's out of print. It goes for like two hundred plus, and he had it for like starting bid at forty bucks, and I was like maybe I can like take this guy for a ride. So and and, and uh, I get the notifications from 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 eBay for my certain searches, and so I immediately was like, "Hey, hey, buddy, hey, hey, how's it going, man? I'm interested in a couple of your listings. I'm just wondering if Always you would nice. bypass start the with whole... a hey, buddy to a complete stranger." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, I was like, "Want to bypass the auction? Like, I'm ready to buy now, man. Like, how much do you want for it? Like, you know, I don't want to." <laughs> Because uh, it goes for quite a bit, and he's like, "Well, what do you think, seventy five And I was like, "I can swing that. I can swing that." Because <laughs> it normally sells for more than two hundred. Uh, but I had to buy two of the items, and then <laughs> here's where my mind goes. I was like, "Man, I probably could have gotten away with just buying one, but I had to go in with like, you know, try to take it. Uh, give him something to uh, really sell it. Yeah. Sell Why would you pitch, want him to feel so. good about himself in this transaction? Do you want him to?" <laughs> leave with shame and less money than what he should have made on the, the free market. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Everybody man. recording? Oh, yeah. I wish Webb had been so I could okay. include what a scumbag yeah. he is on, on eBay. I, I, yes. I was recording, but... Hey, Webb, just, uh... Webb, just, Webb, just make sure if you're fucking uh, watch so we don't hear you fucking beeping throughout this... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Normally, I do, but then you know, like last time, like I got all like you know upset about it on the air. You're like, oh, you shouldn't have said anything. I know, that's I, why I'm saying it. But sure, no, I'll go back and like this. Is, this is why I'm saying it now. I took the timestamp of when it happened, so I'm gonna go back and get rid of it and then send it to you. So don't worry, or you know, uh, to the folder online on Google Drive. Don't worry. Uh, I'm so like professional. Yet again, removing the personal aspect of it. I don't care which one of you, <laughs> just the folder. The folder will deal with it. All of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. You don't like where this is going. Look away, look away. You're not in my way, you're in my path. Look at that. All of my emotions feel the same. What a laugh. Cover your tattoo. We're here to talk about uh, Million Dollar Arm and our returning guest. This will make him a three-time champion of off-screen death, which he tried to rename last time uh, to express his uh, discontent (laughs) with the proceedings of the show. I like that you saved it for the very end of that podcast so people could really know, hey, this is a total waste (laughs) of time. So you you get the full listen in before they they get to uh, agree with you. But Well, I'm... I'm going to be much more positive this time. I would hope so. We have a uh, Disney. I, I think this was officially labeled a Disney film. You got the the branding of this is bring the family here. It's going to be heartwarming as a sports. I don't know melodrama, comedy drama. Like it's you know it's got a light touch to it. Um, now we're not going to start this podcast with a light touch because my co-host from Trilogy and Theory. Uh, when you were creeping on me on Letterboxd, you saw that I had rewatched Million Dollar Arm, you were enthusiastic. You're like, I love that movie. And I was like, me too. We're going to talk about it on a podcast. You should come on and talk about it. And totally, like, it's just a total love-in. 
Then absolutely, we start recording tonight, and you're like, wait a minute. So last time, I picked a movie <laughs> about an Indian American. Now, you two are bringing me back on for the story of two Indians brought to America to play, I guess, America's you know old pastime. And I'm kind of offended by this. And I'm, I, I'm like, where did the love go? Where you just you just expressed enthusiasm for a film, uh, you didn't invite yourself. I won't go that far, but you know you were you were happy to show up, and now you feel like you've been boxed in uh, with this and American Daisy. But I can assure you, no one listens. <laughs> no one knows. Episode. Your first Indian film on our podcast. No one else will know. I don't know if we can go that far sure. about calling it an Indian film on here, but. Uh, yeah, John Hamm teaches baseball to Indians, but not really because be he... fair. Bill Paxton teaches exactly. Baseball. Yes, I mean, John Hamm yes. seems mildly disinterested in yes. <laughs> in the proceedings. But... He's the face. That's yeah. it. Good face. Yes, I I came at Million Dollar Arm uh, the kind of the same way. I think a lot of people look at The Big Sick, where you've got. A romantic comedy and, and it plays with a lot of same a lot of the cliches that the genre has to offer but because it has that cultural twist in it it becomes something a little more revolutionary or something very much very more ta- more timely and i don't want to say that million dollar arm is breaking any kind of new ground but because of that cultural touch i think it's a step ahead of your average uh, feel-good sports drama no 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 and lean into of- it Million Dollar Arm is revolutionizing film. I know. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Webb's really going for the the pull quote here, <laughs> like revolutionary Million Dollar well, Arm. You know what? I'll give you something that is revolutionary about this film is that it uses a culture for the basis of its plot, and it doesn't use it as a crutch, nor does it use it as the butt of a bunch of jokes. And that's kind of the key thing. It, the humor and and the really the honest moments are just that. They're very genuine. It's never using the culture to make fun of anybody. It's using it to certainly make statements about the differences. But that's all. And the one line that like, has transcended the film for me. And even when I talk about India, I say this all the time. And it's, it's a study in extremes. And that's something that John Hamm says in the film. Uh, and I absolutely agree. There are times when you're in India and it's the most gorgeous place in the world. The smells are intoxicating. The food is incredible and you're just having a wonderful time. And then there are other times when you can't find a clean toilet to save your life and you just have to suck it up and <laughs> release what's inside I'm of you sure in I, the worst. I, I, I don't okay. like this right. choice of words. Okay. I don't All like right. uh... I'm gonna go with well, John. This is what I'm telling. I'm gonna go with John Hams. Uh, you're paraphrasing John Ham saying sometimes it smells great, sometimes not. Uh, instead, you're talking about <laughs> right. releasing what's inside of you in the context of a bowel. Exactly, you're sucking it up. There's a lot of. Mm, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm just trying to define the extremes, but I, I absolutely love that. So. And the structure of the film, I think, is actually quite interesting. I don't know how many films do this. Uh, the first two acts are fish out of water. The first one's fish out of water with John Hamm in India. And then the second act is fish out of water with the two Indian players in America. I don't know how many films do that and kind of get away with it. And then the final act is everybody kind of, all the fish is becoming much more comfortable. And so I thought it was a very interesting way of laying out your film. Like Bell. 
That's what does it. Yeah, well, Lake Bell solves a lot of problems. She made me very comfortable. Very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. The, the the cultural aspect that I mentioned earlier, uh, I want to talk about like, the bribing aspect where you have to bypass the system, and that is 110% true. Watching this film for the first time, I couldn't believe how honest and 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 real that was. And I know I think a lot of people might think of it as something like, oh my God, that's so extreme in a film. No, I watched this film shortly after uh, my wife and I were working on her uh, visa paperwork for her to come to the United States. And she literally had to bribe somebody to make the paperwork go faster a few days prior to me watching this film. So absolutely 100% honest. And in the film, it's not portrayed as, oh my God, a bunch of corrupt people living in India. No, it's not. It's just like, this is part of the culture. The honking, 110%. When John Hamm gets back to the States and he's, uh, his uh, assistant, I think, is apologizing. I'm sorry, this one was traffic. He's like, no, this is amazing. We're moving and no one's honking. Exactly the same sentiments. So much so that when my wife went back to India for a vacation to go back and see her family after living here, one of her statements to me on the phone was, it's so crowded and loud and people are honking everywhere. It's like, you lived in this country for <laughs> like almost 30 years. And so it's amazing how quickly you get used to the luxuries of living in a developed world, a developed country. And then one of the things that really tugs at my heartstrings, and, I'm, and I'd like to know how it affected you guys, is the leaving home ceremonies that occur after... Uh, Rinku and Dinesh have won the million dollar arm uh, contest. And so you see them having these very, very somber events, uh, a lot of prayer. Uh, Rinku is kind of showing them where he comes from. And and as I think John Hamm says, these guys live out in the sticks, don't they? And that's a lot of the country. And them leaving home is absolutely frightening for the parents because they don't have these kinds of dreams. They never thought that they would have anything like this or any kind of opportunity that would make them go and have these kinds of really wonderful lives. And so seeing that, seeing the culture clash in that moment really affected me. How did you guys respond to some of this cultural stuff that I'm kind of gushing over? I mean, I think for me, the most impactful part of that, and I think the thing that really drives it home, because you're basically in the perspective of JB in that moment, the John Hamm character. And the thing that really impacted me is basically the mother communicating to him, we're trusting you. This is our child. And this is your responsibility now. And please take care of him. Yeah. And it's funny to me because everything that leads up to that, it toes that line between, you know, focusing on the drama and focusing on the comedy aspect of like being a fish out of water and not understanding what's going on. But that moment really hammers it home. And I think it's probably kind of, it's the point in the movie where it turns and JB is starting to become a better person than he was in the first 30 to 45 minutes of the movie where it's like, Oh, this can't be just a money-making venture. There are real people involved, and those people have people. And I'm kind of on the hook for this, and this is more than just a contest now. I have to step up like a grown-up. Because JB is like an overgrown child. He makes quick, rash decisions. He only dates supermodels. God bless him. I would too if I was in his position. But he's not taking responsibility for a lot of things in his life. And he's organized his life in a way that he never has to. 
And that really is his big area of growth in the movie. So whether it be working with these kids or starting a relationship with this woman who challenges him, and this is the moment, I think, where all that growth actually begins. So all that stuff really works for me, and this is a movie that I don't think I would have ever seen if Mike hadn't mentioned it to me, because this was right around the time the movie actually came out, and you told me, actually, it's really good. And I was like, really? Because it just looks like your standard Disney sports movie, and there are plenty of those. But I'm someone who's always wanted John Hamm to be a much bigger star. Like, he's got everything going for him. He's good at drama. He's good at comedy. He's ridiculously good-looking. Like, why aren't you the biggest movie star in the world? And when I saw what the movie was about, I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll like it because I love baseball. So I'm kind of in the bag for a movie like this. But I honestly didn't expect it to be very good. I expected it to kind of be uh, kind of be hackneyed and hit all the marks that you think a sports drama or a fish-out-of-water movie would. And it does, but, but it does it in really unexpected ways. It's really well-written, and all of the performances here are really good. Like, I don't think there's a performance that rings hollow or feels false at all. Like, this is the best version of this type of movie you could ever ask for. I think you should marry Miss Brenda. Uh, even I also think. Yes, sir. You are, you're old. You should marry her, start family. Number one, I am not old. You're a little bit old. Hey, number two, just because I've slept over at her house doesn't mean I have to marry her. <laughs> Did you kiss Miss Brenda? <laughs> No. She kissed me. Oh! Aha! Oh, Jimmy yeah. Stewart! I heard it here. First, <laughs> all about Eve, the apartment, trash. We have reached the peak. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just like when you see a great romantic comedy or a great family sports movie, like, it really fits in that area, inside that niche. But it does it really, really well. And I really appreciate a movie that kind of knows what it is. It knows the genre that it fits into, and it kind of dives into those aspects and really uses it to the best of its advantage. I think what I appreciate the most about it, especially on rewatch, is uh, I talked a little bit about, at the beginning of this, the dismissiveness somewhat from John Hamm's JB character, even though he is in the, uh, I guess, the Jerry Maguire sports world, um, where it is... Uh, all about a, a marketing push and that there's going to a peak, be a peak, not to the necessarily the athlete's career from a physical point of view, but there's a peak to cash in and then move on to the next sort of target, uh, which is, I won't say it's necessarily wrong as far as this, it's, it's calculating and a, a bit cold, but it's also honest mm -hmm. as far as if you make your living off of people's careers who are shortened compared to the average person, then yes, you always have to be looking for the next thing uh, where I think that you're meant to fault the JV character is this act of desperation, which is, uh, man, there are just so many people over in India. Uh, I wonder how many of them would want to buy t-shirts if we get, <laughs> if we get one of these guys to be a, a, a not only just a, a baseball success, but if we can just sort of finesse it in a way because he doesn't have legitimate interest in their actual on the field success. Yeah. Uh, it really is a contest of sorts. And 
I, it's strange that it's the outsiders, as you all have mentioned, that are more open to this new thing. Uh, first off, these, these two kids are supposed to be cricket players. They don't even like their own country's sport. Like they, they basically have to say, do we have to like act like we like cricket? Because we actually don't, you know, you can't box us in, in that way, but we're willing to try to throw this ball over the plate in some form or fashion and, and win this. And one of my favorite moments that I'd forgotten, uh, and I'd seen this a few times because as Dave mentioned, I was one of the early supporters back in summer of 2014 for this movie, um, is uh, Dinesh uh, has this moment with his father who mm. drives a truck. And when he, you know, whatever winnings he gets from the initial part of the, the contest to be one of the, the selected, uh, I guess, entries to go over to America to actually try to compete and make a major league roster, uh, is buying his father a truck. And I think we've seen this particular trope in these type of films where for whatever reason, the the parent, usually I'd say the father figure is very withholding, like doesn't support this endeavor. Um, even though I, I think in this film, he says that's something for kids. And it's like his son can't make him realize like, <laughs> mm, no, not really. Like, <laughs> cause you have to throw the ball like 90 miles an hour or plus. Um, but though initially uh, not that interested when he's presented with the truck, uh, he, though he maintains that sort of withholding nature, as far as I don't need a new truck, he then follows it up. I think with the unexpected of these type of movies where he hugs his child, uh, like making sure that his son knows that what he wants is, is him. He wants to maintain that family connection, that bond. And there's a bit of fear of him going off and leaving. Like you're saying, Dave, with the, uh, the scene with the mother for, for Rinku that, that's like, Hey, you know, family here is important to us. And, there's never that pressure from them as far as winning this contest. Like this is, I think we see in a lot of these sort of sports dramas, it's like they, the scene where they buy their mother a mansion or something like, you know, that now we're set for life, which is fine, but that's not really the point of this here. And it's got an odd sweetness to it where these two guys actually just want to not waste JB's time. It's not necessarily like that. They have sort of, high in the sky dreams of like, I'm going to be rich and set for life. In fact, one of them just falls in love with pizza, which I, I'm like, well, any of us can get that. Like just being introduced to pizza. It's like, this is pretty good, but it's this sense of respect they have for someone that they, they want their, their efforts to seem true and they want them to be recognized, not necessarily the end result, but it's just the fact that we want this guy to know that we tried for him in some way. Uh, I think that's probably something that has to be packaged in a Disney sort of family film in a way, because uh, even something as earnest as Jerry Maguire, I can't see one of the characters, I can't see Cuba Jr. saying, I just want Jerry to know that I tried for him out there, because we would <laughs> we would find it odd, and we would be like, wait a minute, that's that's not this type of movie. But here, I really appreciate it, and I also, of course, you know, make fun of me all you want, Lake Bell. Uh, her, she's really good in what could be a thankless role of, I'm going to be nice to the outsiders, while John Hamm gets to be an asshole until he finally comes around for the third act. I'm going to be the one that sort of welcomes him in to this country. Um, they do that in a way without her being um, too over the top in the developing relationship and romance with John Hamm, which I'd forgotten. It's not like she's into him the whole time. Like for the most part, she sees him as a prick. A prick that she's got her own eye candy. She's fine. That Keep that running. is impressive that you managed <laughs> yeah. to emasculate John Hamm in a movie and make him feel bad about his looks. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, and it's it's not mean spirit at all because John Hamm is incredibly handsome. So we're we're fine with him finally taking his 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 yeah, bruises. Just well, Mike. Yes. A couple things that you meant. One thing, the aspect of 
Rinku and Dinesh wanting to do their best. Uh, once again, that is a cultural thing because um, parents are seen as incre- on an incredibly high pedestal for Indian kids. I myself, like my mother's dream was for me to become a doctor and I failed miserably at that. And Dave so, is chuckling <laughs> over there. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> he's trying to not make sure it, it makes his way to the microphone, but he is, he is, he's laughing right now. But I, I really appreciated that scene where both of them are just so distraught that, uh, and even, even the, the interview that they give to, uh, whichever, um, a television station, like, no, we didn't, we didn't play good today. Like we didn't, we didn't do good enough. And I've had those that discussions. Was heartbreaking. Yeah. That, yep. And so that's something. Yeah. yeah they're talking to the guy from ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, it's, there's no, it's, so, it's interesting, like cultural dichotomy too. Cause there's no, there's no brashness to them. There's no showmanship really going on going on it's very honest like 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 this is not what we came to do we had one shot and it didn't work just that sorrow and that shame that comes across it's just like a five second line but all of it just comes across really strongly and you feel so bad not just because it didn't happen the way we wanted it to in this movie but we also know that jb at this point hasn't like completely turned the corner and he's not really true, truly there for them. They're there for him, and they're doing his their best to try to impress him. But he's still in this vein of, I have to get this deal done. I have to make this work. I think the movie only truly comes together in that final bit where he throws all that away and makes this decision, you know what? I'm just going to do the right thing because they've given up so much and their families trusted me with this. And he's got Lake Bell in his ear, kind of challenging him at every turn. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, don't you see that these kids are struggling? And Lake Bell. And she's so important. She absolutely, this is not a throwaway throw role at all for her. Because ultimately what's happening is, that's why the script is so good. It's, they're becoming that family unit. These are the kids and they have that same disappointment And as John Hamm is the father. And Lake Bell, her reaction to it is so crucial. She's never raising her voice. She's not being that kind of stereotypical character. where, uh, And you don't have that scene where the two of them are just in a yelling match. She's always calm, composed, and that allows JB to kind of see how he's reacting versus how she is. And they become ultimately that family unit. That Again, another scene that could have been totally... Uh, cultural appropriation where she comes in with that like sorry the, the, the traditional Indian garb but it doesn't come across that way at all I was waiting for Dave to bring that up <laughs> and I was going to slap him silly over that how dare you don't take that away from me there's been a lot that's happened in 2020 I'm not going to have this taken away from me too yes yes no, it was, we, it was we deserve that visual is that what you're saying all right I'm with you on that that's fine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Continue, Webb. You're on a good course there, yes. <laughs> but yes, Lake Bell, she is absolutely wonderful in this role and, and, and looks wonderful in traditional uh, Indian attire. <laughs> there you go. Really, you really, go. really, really good stuff. I, I was very pleased with all of it. And when they become that family unit, it's 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 great. It really is. And you when you see that moment that all Indian kids long to hear is their parents say, just go have fun, do your thing. Never heard it in my lifetime, and and I don't know if I'm going to be able to <laughs> pass that on to my kid. I don't know if I'll ever be able to tell her to go have fun, but we'll see if I can break the cycle. 
Yeah, you bring up that, like, the interactions between them and the quote-unquote fights. Like, they have disagreements, right? Like, there's even a moment when he's about to go to this party to reel in Popo, this guy who was, like, his white whale to catch in the beginning of the movie. Actually, it's my only kind of complaint about the movie is that this guy looks way too diminutive to be the NFL sax leader. Like, this little guy? I mean, for an NFL player, kind of a little guy. But anyway, they get in this fight, and she basically just kind of tells him, I hope you don't do this. And she walks away. She doesn't yell at him. She doesn't berate him in front of everybody. She just says, like, yeah, maybe you are a jerk, but I just hope you're better than this. And then she just turns around and goes back to her room. It's not pointing your finger. It's not screaming or nagging. It's just, I hope you're a better person than what you're acting like right now. And man, that's a really effective way of just like getting under the skin of someone like that is to say, I think better of you because he probably hasn't heard that much, especially in that sports agent world. Not that many people are telling him that deep down, I think you're a really good person and I really hope that you prove it to me. I was just like, oh, and I think that gets to JB. I like that Dave is really going with that John Hamm of all people needs to pick me up. He didn't get the, the yeah, pat on the yes, back. Yes. <laughs> Look, I can help John Hamm and Hamm if me, John. I will help you. Um, but in this, in this, will Dave come out in that same attire though? Is what I want to know. I think I could pull that off. That would not work as well. But I think in a movie like this, the kind of character turn for your lead character. Honestly, it almost never works, right? I mean, because you can kind of see it coming. It's like, here's the stereotype. Here's where it all gets fixed. But in this movie, somehow they manage it. It's affecting. And a lot of it is John Hamm's performance. A lot of it is everyone around him. But it's also how it's written. The movie really takes its time and getting to that point where he's truly going to make this change. There's a bunch of times early in the film where you think, okay, maybe this is the moment. And he kind of changes a little bit, but he kind of reverts back to his usual self. And you're rooting for him. You're like, come on, JB, you can do this. You can be better than this once again. But by the time it happens, you really do buy it. And that's rare with a movie that is so affixed in a genre like this one. I have to, I have to apologize, actually, real quick. I don't think she was wearing a sari. I think it was a langha. I think I, I, I may have. I don't want to lose my Indian cred. The attire that she was wearing. Sorry about that. Yep, it looks hot, great. Hot. That's all. Whatever we know. it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll bring some negativity here. Uh, I usually go to the top critics. Um, cause I, you know, I'm not <laughs> in favor of Rotten Tomatoes like uh, becoming a uh, letterbox. Yeah. That's, like 400 my... plus critics. Like that... Christ. Yeah. I, I agree. Honestly, even the top yeah, critics are getting um... a little muddled. I want to kick some of those people out too. <laughs> <laughs> I do like when we do like films from the, I guess, nineties, uh, and past that when the mm. top critics are like 12, <laughs> <laughs> there's like 12 top critics and that's it. Um, usually from, you know, a pretty big metropolitan, uh, newspaper, not so much for this one. Uh, here's a splat from the world socialist website, which is a review dated February 26, 2021. So, uh, I don't know, like us, are they trolling for clicks on million dollar arm this year? Uh, seems kind of like a foolhardy thing to do, but here we are. Uh, where the plot is summarized is uh, entrepreneurs who scour the globe oh. for human investments that can yield millions. 
Which Yikes. seems <laughs> seems like not a great way. To... Seems like you watched the first five minutes of the movie. That I did read the up. full review, and um, they do end uh, talking about uh, it. Always helps to have a good woman who can turn like water into wine, a cold venture into a warm family relationship, making the project worthy of the Disney feel-good movie assembly line. Ooh. It's kind of a backhander. It's one of those things where it's like it's such a negative, negative uh, take on it. But you know, you drop out a few of those words from that sentence, and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. I like it. <laughs> You're right, socialist. <laughs> You're right. World Socialist website. Um, you know, I'm. Gl- that was top critics that that made it to top critics. No, 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 it did not. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I will. I do take this back. Uh, so apparently that got added to Rotten Tomatoes this year, but this was posted uh, June 13th, 2014. So okay. a little less strange. Uh, the, here's a one for a shout out to Andrew of uh, the Curb and Awards Don't Matter, Dave's co-host on that. Uh, also, foolhardy venture for clicks. Agreed. Um, but it has an end. <laughs> the uh, title of this review is Million Dollar Arm in Words and Pictures. Two Australian directors in Hollywood for better or worse. Oh. What? what was that necessary? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what, is the, what are the aims of the World Socialist website? I would say I would click on it, but I also have a tab with Lake Bell and whatever garb she's wearing. You're better off there. Yeah, just stick with that. You'll be better off. You know, one of the things that really works, I mean, we talked about John Hamm not being an out-and-out movie star, but he definitely has movie star charisma. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I don't feel like that anyone around him, like any of the supporting players, I don't think anyone gets lost Like, everyone holds their own really well here, and it feels like a really well-balanced movie in the sense that everyone gets their moment. It's not just John Hamm and a bunch of other people. No, we we care about all these other people, and everyone here is really good. Even the coach in training. Yes. I love that guy. He's great. Bill Paxton is so good in this role. He makes every single line that he says in this film matter so much. My favorite of which is the initial assessment after that first practice he's like they're good kids they didn't complain they worked hard that's all you can ask of you and it was so wonderful to see again maybe it's just because i didn't have the most supportive childhood it was like it's wonderful to see a, a supportive adult you know it was really great so such a great little performance maybe it's not going to go down in the history of you know, before it, it's, I guess it's no big Orson Welles performance or or a great Brando, but golly, when I think back to the films that I love and the ones that I always go back to, like I think about this little moment that that Bill Paxton gave me in this feel good sports drama that hardly anyone ever talks about. So it's a, it's very meaningful to me. I wonder, like I was just thinking about the cast here, uh, and I could see the only the only performance I like it, but the only performance I could see people going against maybe is Alan Arkin, um, which is just you know basically basically there for pure comedy, kind of you know sleeping on the job, wakes up when he hears the pop of the pop of the mitt. So, what did you guys think about that? Was it too much comedy? Was it just enough in those bits? Well. As a guy that's probably watched uh, Trouble with the Curve uh, more than he'd like to admit, uh, I apparently have a weird fascination with old men who are such big fans of baseball that they refuse to have their eyes open while baseball is around them. They just listen to it. Uh, I, I didn't have an issue with him, though, because I think he's the one, maybe not verbalizing it, but certainly in his demeanor, 
that is seeing uh, JB as uh, the uh, the ultimate cynic uh, performing a cynical act to a sport that he has made his life with, which is uh, let's make this some sort of a circus sideshow. And so I'm going to treat it as such. You drug me here to see if we can just have any person who's never been exposed to sport pick up a baseball and suddenly be major league worthy. I'm going to treat it with the dismissiveness that it deserves. Does it go on for a bit long? Yeah, it does kind of, I think they, they hold back. It's almost like they realize this is a film designed for American audiences. And like, we'll just give you a little bit of respect for this foreign territory to you dumb Americans. Uh, but for the most part, we needed an old codger there to make the proceedings more fun. Uh, I, I liked it, uh, mm -hmm. in small doses. Uh, if someone's throwing a baseball, it's fine to have around, but, uh, him otherwise just kind of bitching and complaining. I needed more Skype calls with Lake Bell. Boy, did that make me mm -hmm. nostalgic? Cause you know, I started podcasting. I think we all did in 2014. Yeah. Missed the Skype sounds. I never thought I'd say that here. We're on fucking zoom, uh, world socialists need to take it up with zoom. They're, they're begging me for money. They're saying this meeting needs to end in 10 <laughs> minutes if I don't pay them. And, nope, uh, never. I don't remember that from Skype. Uh, say what you want about the connection issues there, but mm -hmm. yeah, Skype calls Lake Bell. Mm. The perfect long distance relationship right there. That's <laughs> be fine. That or it's really, uh, distressing Dave, that it remains long distance. <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> also true. Some form of torture. <laughs> Web well, wants to say something nice, for, and I've I've gone into uh, pervro. For, for you know he he does what he's there to do, be that comic relief. But it's never it never feels like it's uh, super insulting towards anybody. I think it's general humor. And then he goes away for much of the film and comes back when you need him. And I like that. Like he does, he doesn't overstay his welcome at all. I feel like that's why I won an Oscar. For Loma yeah, Sunshine, to... he dies when he needs <laughs> to. Listen to Webb. <laughs> Webb coming into the old white men. Thank goodness. Good lord. <laughs> I mean, he had to interrupt me going back to the white woman in this picture and just getting wistful, losing my train of thought. This is a good movie. I want to remind people. I do love this movie. Really good. Absolutely. <laughs> Like is when you first watched it, or even on rewatch, like what are the things? What do you feel like the weaknesses of this movie are, or is it one of those pure enjoyment movies that like you never really have have that critique, that critic moment where you're watching, you're watching this. Eh, I don't know about this. This feels like a movie made for Mike. Like this, like the first time I watched it. Granted, it it helped that you were the one who recommended it to me. But as like this makes sense that Mike would really like this. So, is there anything that sticks out for you, maybe on rewatch? Because um, it's easier, I think, to be critical when you've seen a movie two or three times uh, and you kind of know the. I actually, um, the only issue I have with the film is I feel like we spend far too much time on the Jerry Maguire like moments. Uh, where this guy is forced uh, to do this contest uh, with his, I, I don't want to say on again, off again client because he never signs them. Uh, I don't know what it is with sports agents and, and movies. The rare times we get them where they don't believe in any sort of paperwork or they can't get clients to, to actually sign a, a binding contract. Uh, but yeah, when it goes to, to Popo, I feel I like the basic setup of, yeah, uh, John Hamm, uh, you're charming, you're handsome, you could probably make me a lot of money. Uh, however, uh, I could go with the bigger agency, which is going to give me an upfront, uh, signing bonus. And that's that. I think that's all you really need is that John Hamm is not yet, uh, 
uh, a big enough fish in this particular pond. And the, I guess the flirtations where he comes back into it. First off, we know, I mean, the, some of the critics are accusing the film of being far too predictable. I'm like Dave, where I'm comforted by the fact that this movie knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't have like a 10 minute sequence where John Hamm, uh, we get into like all the women coming through his life. And it's like, maybe he has a sex addiction and we need to go to a dark place for a little bit. Like, <laughs> let's stick with right. <laughs> the drama with the kids and the baseball and all of that. But I do feel like <laughs> the movie where it doubles back to like, oh, maybe he can discard uh, these teenagers he's brought over to this strange place to do this strange activity uh, is totally unnecessary. I, I think the the struggles with even achieving this act, uh, Bill Paxson's character really, you know, he is trying to warn this man, <laughs> even on their best days with the best possible athletes. And I like that he says they're good athletes, as Webb said. There is something here. It's just totally that sort of American idea of uh, finding that star, the sort of stars born thing that we can rush this process uh, that I wish they had tackled that a little bit more, that line of thinking, that pressure that we apply uh, not only to, to people from other countries, but to ourselves as opposed to having like, Hey, uh, maybe John Hamm won't have to do this anymore. Cause that, that's the one thing we know. We know eventually it's going to have to come back to, uh, Rinku and Dinesh uh, throwing a baseball over the plate. So get rid of Popo. Let me be the white guy saying like, oh, there's another more, uh, more Bill minority Paxton, actor. Please. Just write Just... that roll off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think from a plot perspective, it's totally unnecessary and I'm just waiting for them. I, as a website, I want to get back to the family hmm. unit, this sort of like uh, adopted baseball family. That's what I'm interested in. I don't think I can muster up any negative comments about this film, uh, honestly, that that have any real merit. I, I didn't even get to talk about A.R. Rahman's like, really wonderful score that uses both uh, Western and Eastern influences, hip-hop genre, the uh, like Southern Indian classical stuff. Like it, It's wonderful. Like I'm just... Yeah, I'm just going to gush about this movie till the end of time. I, I, if I get to that rewatch where I'm like, okay, I found something that I don't like, I will certainly let you know. <laughs> we'll re-edit the episode and Webb Web will come off. He hates, <laughs> hates this movie. It'll be great. <laughs> I hate this now. <laughs> the special <laughs> edition. Our director's cut of this episode <laughs> that will surely have thousands and thousands of downloads. This one uh, okay. is right on the line, Dave. 65%. So I think was probably received well enough i mean not for the people on this podcast but i actually expected it to be far lower i thought this was going to be an easy one for me to include at least for my half of the show and then i was surprised to see it was like oh it's right up on the line 68 percent from the audience which is is the cutoff for both but um yeah critically i wouldn't expect higher than that really because as Webb has said the top critics suck (laughs) there's nothing top about them and socialists and in general (laughs) critics don't usually respond well to genre affairs historically it's always like oh well we saw this coming well congratulations you've seen a sports movie before of course you saw it coming this is what we're here for it's like it's like being mad at a romantic comedy when the two leads end up together in the end like yeah this is the movie that this is it also makes me wonder have they ever watched sports before because no they're film critics while it's not scripted (laughs) while sports are not scripted you also have seen uh, last second shots right uh, home runs and extra innings. Um, and there's that, I wonder if it'll happen this time aspect of it. And with films, it's, I wonder if it'll all coalesce. Right. Well, this, this cast that I like with this director, this script, the scores, what I mentioned, if, if movies are the, the great sort of empathy machine that, uh, Ebert always said, 
Uh, I don't understand when it comes to this particular medium. And you can look at the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, the good or bad, where they talk about uh, how unoriginal this is. Um, the, the positive ones are like, well, that's okay here because it's nice enough. And the negative ones, <laughs> I, I don't know if they were wanting poor Rinko or Dinesh to die on the field. I don't know what they were wanting. Um, but it, it's weird because I don't feel like – Webb and Dave, I don't know, you may have, uh, you all both watched Game of Thrones, but when it comes to TV, uh, another medium, it seems like people hmm. actually want what they anticipated. They don't want a curveball. So it's weird, it's weird which films in particular, uh, We, I guess we could say that as well. Last Jedi provided plenty of curves and people, the fandom, a small but vocal minority of them hated it. It's weird which films we want. Even critics will say, oh, this should have changed it up a little bit. And other ones need to stay the course uh, to provide the, the, the story that we expected because if it goes off the beaten path, then it's poor writing. And so, I don't know, it seems like with certain things, there's really no winning here. I, I'm not going to fault Disney at all for giving you a traditional storyline about nice people uh, trying to do their best. I <laughs> I don't need uh, Riku or Dinesh <laughs> to have a third act twist where they've been plotting against JB or <laughs> Popo, dare I say it, Lake Bell, anything of that <laughs> nature. So do you think that's just the, the format? Do you think it's just the, the branding of this particular film, that that's just like an easy critique of it? There's no rhyme or reason, though, for uh, that kind of complaint, whether like, oh, they should have mixed it up in this genre, but they should stay uh, true to this one. Like, you see every John Wick film, and for the most part, you know he's not going to die. In, in any of them and he's just gonna and you just want him to kick out like uh, nobody came out this year with with um uh, bob odenkirk and i was like well this is the same stuff that you know we've been watching but everybody like loves it like eh. so i i don't know if the, I, I i can't figure out when critics and and uh fans want what's expected versus when it's not i think ultimately if it's done well then they'll forgive uh the curveball or the cliche I mean, I have to think that with a movie like this, uh, given the Disney branding and the family-friendly aspect and the true story, I just feel like the knives are out for this with certain critics. Like, like they're ready. This, I know it's going to be predictable. Oh, look, it was. Fuck this movie. And I think it's also true, like, Mike, you brought up Star Wars, right? I think critics want a movie like that to throw them for a loop. Because they're like, well, we've been in this universe since 1977. It's, it's about time we do something different with it. So so I think they're kind of hoping for that. So, you know, that movie got a really good critical reaction and a poor reaction from, you know, people who wanted to see the movie that they wrote in their heads. Um, so it's got that going against it. But in a movie like this, I think, I think it matters how you go into it. I think if you come into it um, honestly and kind of accepting the story it's telling without... Without going into it like, oh god, it's a Disney Channel family movie, here we go. You know, treating it kind of like a Hallmark movie, where you're just ready to tear it apart. And I just kind of feel like some of that has to be happening here. Because I honestly don't feel like this is a movie with a whole lot of faults. Like, my connection to it aside, this is well acted, it's well directed, it's well written, it's a good looking movie. He tells a story that's easy to connect to, regardless of your cultural, ethnic background. Like... I don't see, I can't possibly imagine giving this a negative review unless you're coming at it like, I don't like Disney, I don't like family films, I don't like this, kind of coming into it with a negative attitude. 
Yeah, why was this more like a racer head? <laughs> like, you know, that critic. <laughs> yeah, all this movie is missing is switching out the baseball with the eraser head baby, and then we've got a critic friendly movie. Webb, thank you for coming on the podcast again. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, there were so many. I, you know, that's one of the good film. things about this film. It's like I, I know it. It goes. Fly, it kind of flies under the radar, but seeing uh, non-white actors and seeing a completely different culture explored, like not many films, not many mainstream like a, a drama and Academy Award. Uh, bait films really even dive into some of that so like something like minari which was really really good this past year i enjoyed that as well so it's like not enough of these films and i wish more of these mainstream films really dived into different cultures because then it becomes more mainstream then you educate a lot of individuals who normally don't have any inclination to learn about the indian culture or to learn about whatever culture uh, the film decides to go into so no i anytime you guys have any i don't want to become the <laughs> go-to and any kind of authority for indian culture because i once again i am indian american i grew up most for the most part in america but i do have very heavy roots uh in in my indian culture but uh are you saying you don't want to be our token <laughs> brown person on the show is that is that what you're i have no you're, problem you're being it, but please don't make me any kind of an authority i can simply offer my uh very unique perspective no you're only the authority on french films not on not on indian hey, films that's... i like to think on uh trilogy and theory which web and i co-host and i'm the token white guy on that podcast because it is a movie podcast so web had to get one of them i was just gonna there. say just what a movie podcast needs a white guy gotta have a white guy <laughs> Yeah. I have a favor to ask for you, Webb. Because I'm, I'm going to break the, some news to you right now, I guess, to both you and Dave. Uh, and the way I cut this together, I am going to start with you <laughs> being dismissive of Lake Bill's life choices <laughs> and her partner uh, and naming of her child. Uh, apparently, as of November 2020, uh, they are another uh, yeah. COVID divorce, a separation, uh, which I think... Poor Osgood. <laughs> poor Osgood, Dave. Osgood. Yes. Don't hear those words often oh. enough, do we? Web. <laughs> but I wanted to ask and see if you would do one of your web readings with music and all. I want you to read this this announcement article from Us Weekly. I want you to read <laughs> these paragraphs because while it is trafficking in uh, a family tragedy of that particular unit, the absurdity uh -huh. of what Us Weekly is reporting here, like with like earth-shattering news, um, I think it would make for fine off-screen death uh, material here uh, and a bit of humor if you if you read it with grave seriousness about this announcement <laughs> of Lake Bell separating from her tattoo yeah, artist please husband. Send it over to me. I'll send these paragraphs to you. Go ahead. <laughs> Lake Bell opened up about the beginnings of her relationship with a tattoo artist in September 2017, noting that he got her name inked on his back nine days after they met. So we had just had sexual intercourse, and I had not noticed the tattoo because we were looking at each other in the eyeballs, and he rolled over, and then I noticed it. I was, like, completely without words. She recalled in a New York Post interview, he was like, I just got this. So casual. 